raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 8 o'clock hour on a Friday. Outstanding weather to end the week. Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Colts, going to join us here in a few. Again, Jake, super, super emotional. Um, pretty darn fired up when the Colts took him at number 79. I think a little, uh, definitely thought he would go earlier. I love when a guy is drafted, and it's easy to say it, you know, right off the emotion of the front, but a guy that's drafted that, that then feels like, hey, you are the team that took a, a shot at me. You're the team that, that was willing to put it out there when other teams had passed. Yeah. I love it. Uh, confident, confident individual, and we will talk with him right now. Josh Downs joins us on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Josh, I know it's been brief. How's Indy treating you so far? Yes, sir. Good to be here. Um, got off the plane yesterday. Felt good to get back in Indianapolis since the combine, but um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. All right, let's let's uh, go back a week ago Friday. You're getting ready for round two and round three. Uh, judging by your reaction, um, I think you probably thought you'd be drafted a little bit earlier. But then your emotion once you got that call from the Colts. Chris Bauer called it one of the best draft calls he's ever received. How would you describe your feelings round two into round three and then once you got that call? Yeah, so I, I was a little upset um, that I didn't go earlier. Uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of motion early in the night. Um, thought I was going to go earlier from talks, like, just through the whole pre-draft. Um, but when they when I got the call, I just felt um, blessed. I felt ecstatic. I was very happy. And um, I knew that I had a great organization that believed in me. So, um, really, I was just I was ready to put it all on the line for them right then and there. And uh, I'm ready to go to work today. And however many years I'm here. Josh, a guy that will be coaching you, Reggie Wayne, is very high on you. I mean, he, he made... Uh, no bones about that. I think he's a guy that probably pushed heavily for your draft. But Reggie Wayne, when he came out of the process, has talked about how Washington had told him, we're taking you. And then Washington comes up, and I, I can't remember, it was a receiver out of Clemson they took, and they passed on Reggie Wayne. I don't think he ever forgot that. Did you have teams that had told you or given you expectation that you would go before where you did? Uh, I mean, yeah, like my with my agent telling me stuff um, that he heard from teams and then just talking to teams in the process, um, I just felt like I was uh, going to be picked before a lot of the other guys that went before me. So um, same type of vibe, uh, and we talked about that already. So um, he went he went through a similar situation. He was uh, he said he was I think he was the fifth or sixth one taken, and I was like I was like eleventh or twelfth. So um, definitely similar situation um, coming in with a chip on the shoulder. So um, I didn't I don't no team owes to pick me, but um, I feel like I was better than a lot of guys they picked. So I'm just glad to show them. I think you can do both of what I'm about to mention, but Josh Downs, for you personally, which play call gets you more juiced or makes you more confident? A long ball trying to get behind a defense and utilizing your speed or utilizing your hands on a third and eight over the middle need and grind out to extend a drive play? I like both, uh, but I feel like when it's when it's third down and eight, fourth down and eight, and the and the coach is calling your number, I feel like that speaks volumes. I feel like um, they're putting trust in you uh, to get a fourth or third down because that's 
that's the difference between a, a turnover on downs or a punt. So I feel like um, when a coach puts his faith in you to get that first down for the team, um, I, I take pride in that. And I feel like I got to get open for my team. I got to make this catch and I got to keep the drive going. But I always love the home run ball too. So. Yeah, you bring up a fourth down play. As a Notre Dame fan, I seem to recall a big touchdown you had on a fourth down this past fall against the Irish. Josh Downs, third-round pick of the Colts. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I want to go back to Reggie Wayne, if you don't mind, um, and just what that interaction was like at the Combine with him. What do you remember about what, what Reggie was saying to you on the field during your positional work? Uh, yeah, I just um, – I remember, the, well, TJ Huzmanzada – um, I was working with him during pre-draft, and um, he he's, he knows Reggie Wayne too because he's a great um, receiver as well. So he was just talking to him, telling me that he thinks he, he was like he thinks you're a real good player. And then I remember after the on-field session, um, TJ Huzmanzada went up to Coach Reggie Wayne and was like, "Who's the best receiver out there?" And he pointed at me and said, "No question." So um, after that, I did my pro day, and then I, uh, Coach Wayne wanted to um, have a Zoom with me, and he told me he told me I needed he needed me on his squad. So uh, from then on out, I knew he believed in me. Um, so when I got that call from um, Coach uh, Mr. Ballard, I knew it was time to go because Coach Reggie Wayne stood on that table for me. Um, he vouched for me, so now it's time to make him right. Now, obviously, Michael Pittman is the wearer of number 11 here in Indianapolis. Uh, have you given thought to a jersey number here at the next level? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear number one. Ooh. Any uh, reason behind that? I guess the similarity between 11 and 1, maybe? Um, well, I, like, I was going to switch my number my, going into my junior year, and I was thinking, like, 1 or 7, but then I just stuck with 11. So um, when I saw that 1 was available – because uh, Paris Campbell left, I just I jumped right on it and um, I said I'll be number one. So that, I feel like it's an honor. Uh, it's, it's a big opportunity, and uh, I had to take it. You know, one of the things I would think, Josh, that would be a challenge going from college to the NFL is simply separation, right? I mean, the window is so much shorter at the professional level, and I would imagine that some of that can be made up by the precision of route running. How does one go about becoming a precise route runner other than the obvious answer, which is just repetition? But what is it? What separates Jerry Rice from another receiver in making one an elite route runner? Uh, yeah. So I just say, like, first, you just got to have a lot of God-given talent, of course. Um, but then also, like you said, repetition and then just um, taking details that you see on film and bringing it to the field and then also just um, – working on your breaks each and every day, working on different movements, inside routes, hesitations, um, stutters, just things to throw off the DB, and then really just crafting. Um, so route running is its your job as a receiver besides catching the ball. So um, really there's the, the one thing that should be on your mind when you're running the route is get open unless you're a decoy, and then it's get your teammate open. But um, I feel like route running is just um, its a natural thing and also just something you got to craft at each and every day to get better at. And um, yeah, you know when I was in um, St. Louis, Josh Downs is our guest, by the way, the Colts rookie wide receiver out of North Carolina. When I worked in St. Louis many moons ago, this shows Josh that I'm old. I covered your uncle Dre Bly, who was a really good corner out of North Carolina, and played had a good long career in the NFL. Two things I remember about him: number one, he never once—I've never seen him other than on a field wear shoes. He wore slides every single day, like constantly. So I don't even know if he owns shoes. But once he put the cleats on, he was a really good lockdown corner. 
And I'm curious, not knowing how close your relationship is with them, but having a father that played in the league, having an uncle that was a defensive guy in the league, does that give you opportunity to talk to, in particular, your uncle about what the vantage point is from a corner and what they are expecting out of you as a receiver that gives you advantage then to be able to get into the mind of the defender? Yeah, so, um, yeah, my uncle, I've known him since before I was born, so me and him are very close. Um, He's really related to me, too. People always have that question, are y'all actually related? Like, yeah, he's actually my real uncle. But I'd say, um, yeah, helping me be a better receiver because he tells me the tells that DBs look for, that he looked for, um, like raising your pads or slowing down a little bit. And um, basically he just tells me stuff he sees in my routes, what I need to keep doing, keeping my pads up. Um, keep the same speed a lot of the times. Um, hesitations are good at times, but sometimes you just got to go. Um, so, yeah, having him, he's definitely helped me a lot um, just to kind of feel what a DB thinks because he was an all-pro corner. He went to the Pro Bowl, so uh, there's there's not really much more you can do besides get a gold jacket. So um, having him in my corner has definitely helped me um, on the college level. Uh, he, he, he's uh, he's corrected me a lot. He's, he's told me I was a good player, but um, he's always there to tell me what I can do to get better. So having him and my father – uh, it helps me a lot because they've been there and done it, and they've seen greats do it. Josh Downs, wearing number one for the Colts, rookie minicamp, first practice coming up a little bit later today. Uh, Josh, what do you know, or what did you know about Anthony Richardson, and what, what's been your first interaction with him like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew Anthony Richardson was a crazy athletic freak with a crazy arm. Um, so when I got the, when I got drafted by the Colts, he texted me right away. And um, he said he was ready to get to work. So, yeah, last night we went out in the parking lot. We just threw some, uh, just chopped it up for about 30 minutes, um, caught some balls from him, just got a feel of how his arm is. He got a, he got a real strong arm type spiral. So uh, I'm excited to get out there on the field with him tomorrow. I know he's a real hard worker, similar to me, and uh, I feel like we're going to make a good connection. Now, several people have said that your nickname, and I'm, maybe this was in college, Josh First Downs, I mean, that seems obvious, I kind of like Josh third downs because I like receivers that are third down where you know that like on like we talked about on a third and eight you're like we're good because we got Josh Downs right so if you had your pick would you rather be Josh first downs or Josh third downs? Uh, I leave that up to the to the fans I guess and y'all I, I don't really have a preference so. Uh, I, I ain't never thought about the third downs thing, but no. Nah, I guess if you make a catch cool. on third down, you're creating first downs, so that yeah, would facts. lead to that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. By the way, what happened to North Carolina basketball last year? What, what was going on there? Jeez. Do we know? See, I don't really know. I mean, um, I, I don't really know too much about that. I watched them, but I guess it was just a down year. Everybody has those times, but I, I got I got some friends on that team, so I, I can't say anything I mean, about it. <clears throat> look, Carolina basketball is – I mean – they're great, right? I, yeah. I just, you know, around here, I think people can relate to it because Indiana kind of had the same thing, you know. There's a, and then Purdue in the tournament, so um, you know, you you know that you're coming to a place that has a reverence for college basketball like Carolina, but then the Colts have kind of taken that that torch, right? So there's a lot of expectation there. Do you feel that pressure when you come in? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I just feel like I just got to go go to work, um, be the best player I can be, um, and then just. Do whatever I'm meant to do. Um, don't feel much pressure at all. I mean, I feel like I'm going to put in the work every single day, and then uh, it's going to take care of itself. Josh, last one. Um, last Friday, I remember I asked you about T.Y. Hilton on the Zoom. Obviously, just the connections there based off the franchise and, and size. Anybody you try to pattern your game after or anybody you, you really try to lock in watch film of? 
Uh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of like um, like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry when they was at LSU, and then even when they was early in their, earlier in their careers, and then um, watch a lot of Devontae Adams. Uh, I love how he plays, and then I watch. I mean, I've watched T.Y. Hilton, of course, too, and then um, Cooper Cup. Just really a, a lot of the greats, just to see what they do, um, see if it's similar to what I do, and then try to implement stuff from their game to mine. Josh, one last one for me. I'm I'm fascinated by this because in life in general, very few of us, you know, very few people can relate to being a professional athlete. I mean, you're in the top half a percentile, right? But we all have jobs. We all have things that we do. We all have levels in life where we move from one area to the next. And privately, we have our fears and our insecurities when we do that. And we assume that athletes do not. Can you take me through one area that you are a little bit, I'm not going to say intimidated. I know the easy answer is no, I'm not, I'm confident. That's why I'm here. I get that. But is there one area that you look at it and it seems surreal to you or one area where there is a natural discomfort that you are looking forward to feeling comfortable about and overcoming? Uh, yeah, I would just say, um, shoot, just joining a new team, um, uh, joining a new team, being a professional athlete, um, of course, that's that's scary to a lot of people, um, and a lot of people don't get that. But yeah, they, they, everybody thinks it's a dream, and it is. But at the same time, it's a lot of expectations, and um, you got to handle that. You got to put in the work, and you got to go out there and perform. So I'd say just just being a professional, um, being on a new team, moving to Indiana, um, it's a lot on it's a lot on my plate. But I, I'm I'm glad for it. I love uncomfortable situations, so I feel like um, you grow in those situations. So um, get to mature here, get to grow here. Um, get to learn from a, a Hall of Fame receiver, a great receiver, and um, just be a better player. So I'm excited. Uh, his quarterback, rocket number five himself, rocket number one, yesterday out on the parking lot at West 56th Street today. It'll be on their practice field for the first time in an NFL setting. Josh Downs with us. Josh, great stuff, man. Welcome to Indy. Uh, good luck, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be rooting for you. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Have a good day. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We'll continue the Colts conversation with our next guest, but I actually want to begin a little bit more of a uh, hometown feel for Lara Overton. Lara, it is Derby Week. You are a Louisville product, I guess New Albany, right, if I'm getting technical. Um, what's like the ideal way to spend Derby Weekend? Never done it. When I, when I do attend, how should I go about things? Oh, it's the best week of the year. You're, you nailed it. Born and raised in New Albany, but a 
fanatical horse racing family. We not only would spend Derby Week at Churchill, we spend the Friday after Thanksgiving with our entire family at Churchill Downs as well. So it's a it's a multi-time of year kind of uh, holiday or venture for us to get over to Churchill. Uh, the best way to do it is to double dip and get Oaks and Derby within the same weekend. 100% worth it. Friday, the Oaks is, um, of course, the you know the Phillies and the Run for the Lilies. But it's more of the locals day. So, so is this like carb day? More casual. Um, no, because it's it's like a, I mean it's it's all racing. It's I mean you could kind of say that like it's but it is a, a full day of all the races and it's you know just kind of in terms of stature just maybe one step below but almost the prestige. I mean Derby's one A, Oaks is one B. So I would say go down, do both days, go over to Wagner's and get breakfast. That's where my dad is right now. Um, so you know he would gladly escort you, welcome you along. Uh, goes gets breakfast and then you know you're probably looking for your first julep vendor by about 11 a.m is a julep good as my grandmother would say the first one is terrible the second one is better by the time you get to the third you just don't care anymore that's <laughs> yeah, probably a good way to say i it. love your grandma I, that is Lara, awesome. I always assumed that i've always assumed That's how that i the, felt about the coffee and mayo the, it was awful first sip horrific but by the third it was like drinking water i was so bad. I, I always assumed, Larry, that the Oaks was kind of the locals' day to embrace it all and set themselves up mm-hmm. for the weekend before the out-of-towners and tourists arrived. Absolutely, because oftentimes when you get to Saturday of the Derby, it becomes really such a social spectacle, and it's all about the celebrities and you know what people are wearing, and there is, of course, attention on the race, but so many other things going on. It's a very much rub and elbows, see and be seen. Whereas I feel like Friday, the emphasis is truly on the locals who are there for the tradition and for the racing and all of that. Not to say I don't love the Derby just as much, but I think you get more of a well-rounded experience if you're able to really go and do both of the days. And, you know, we have graduated from the point of doing the infield guys Spring for the box, you know, do that. It's well worth it. Um, and certainly do two days of it. I, I, it's truly just the best weekend. And last year we did it with my entire family. My baby niece turned one at the Derby. Like we are next level in terms of, you know, Derby enthusiasm. Well, the thing I've always appreciated, Lara, is that, you know, I have a great, I think people know, passion and and love for the Indianapolis 500 because what it meant yeah. to exactly what you're saying what it meant to my childhood and my family and, and everything else so when I watch the Derby I watch it with a great respect for what it means to the people there because it is the Louisville variation there a little I mean I, I get it different audience but it's the tradition it's the family traditions of what you do it's the Wagners it's you know all those things so during my old Kentucky home I get it and I get it because mm-hmm. I have something by which to relate to it. And I would say as well, part of it is in Louisville, you don't have pro sports, right? College basketball and college football are, are the center of the world. Aside from that first weekend in May, when Louisville gets to be on the world stage. And I was always so proud to see that because in being a city that is smaller than Indianapolis, that doesn't have as many opportunities to host over the course of a calendar year, NFL games, NBA games, you know, the, you know, 
IndyCar racing, all of those things. I think that's Good another point. reason that well, you would you'd be really proud to see what they do for that week. Which during the apex of the Indy 500 was exactly the situation here, right? Because you didn't have the Colts, the Pacers yeah. were like you know even before the Pacers, right? Like in the 50s and 60s, and certainly in my childhood up until the Colts arrived, you know the Pacers hadn't really arrived yet. So kind of the same thing. Lara, what about Lara Overton is our guest by the way um, from the Colts. What about the draft, if anything, surprised you? I think you're always prepared for it to be unexpected. There's always going to be something kind of wild that unfolds. Um, you know, not really any of the picks or the fact that Chris Ballard was able to accrue more picks by the end of the weekend. I think that just the biggest surprise was what happened at three. And that was one of the things that you you see in with the next pick is you're inside the draft room to kind of watch a little bit of how it felt when they were anticipating what was going to happen at the third pick in the draft, whether someone was going to jump up and try to take another quarterback. Or, of course, I don't I don't know that anyone could have predicted that it would be Houston jumping up to go back to back. Lara Overton is with us. Obviously, she does a little bit of everything over there at West 56th Street. Um, TV personality, producer, host, reporter, etc. Larry, the with the next pick series, you and I had this conversation before. Just give me all the behind the scenes stuff. I I, I think it's tremendous. Um, did you have a favorite moment when watching that final episode of whether it was a scout, whether it was a coach, whether it was a draft pick, a scene? Uh, what what would you kind of point to as maybe one of your favorite moments from it? Oh my gosh, I think part of it was. Part, it's kind of twofold. I'm going to go being able to capture a draft pick there at the draft. Finally, we've never been able to do that, to actually have our first round pick in Kansas City, have our crew there spending hours with Anthony and his family, make the trip coming to Indy. You know, that's something different. When we drafted Quiddy Pay, when the Colts drafted Quiddy Pay, he wasn't at the draft. That We were able to have a crew that traveled to meet him and come back. But in terms of getting that immediacy of the reaction and being there, was something we had not been able to capitalize on. Really proud of the work that Kimberly Skoog and Colin Schrader did being there in Kansas City. They had a huge task on their shoulders, rose to the occasion. They were incredible. And then how do you just not love the pureness, the authenticity, the realness of Josh Downs? And that phone call with Chris Ballard and then Chad Henry, the area scout who advocated and wanted Josh Downs. And they were, they felt very fortunate that he did fall to them where, where he was able to, where they were able to get him. And there's a moment where, and, uh, you know, oftentimes the scouts are going to say, you know, give you the answer. Oh, yeah, you know, you, yeah, you advocate for your guy. But at the end of the day, it just matters that we're, we're getting a good draft class and they're all Colts and doesn't matter where they come from. Well, I sit down with Chad, who is just so such a character in and of himself. And I ask, I said, and you hear this in the piece, I said, how much did you want Josh Downs? And he goes, a lot. I mean, there was just like no holding back on, on how invested he was in trying to make this guy a Colt. Those were a few of, of my favorite moments. Uh, of this year's episode, this year's part two, that I feel really proud of. Okay, I'm going to ask the dumbest question, Lara, and I've asked probably really dumb questions to you over the years, but (laughs) I'm going to ask a really dumb one here. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was watching, and I can't remember if it was the Richardson video of the phone call or Downs. It was one of those. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, wait a minute. So 
Do the Colts have a crew that was with Anthony Richardson the whole time? And if so, wouldn't that have made it obvious to him where he was going? Or does every team, or is that a pool feed where the NFL is filming guys taking the phone call and then it's distributed to whichever team is the one that is the one making the call? No, great question. So um, we had covered multiple pro days to in advance of the draft also. So we had covered our bases in a lot of areas so we would be prepared for how to spell in a number of different scenarios. And then when it comes to the draft, the NFL, of course, has camera crews and NFL films, has guy has crews stationed for each phone call, and then there is a bit of sharing that goes on. Right. They'll ask so, for some of ours and back and forth, yes. So the video, that, I mean, it's neither here nor there. Right? It doesn't matter, but that was not shot. Like It's not like the Colts sent a crew that was sitting right next to Anthony Richardson. It was like, all right, guys, go. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. This, the Colts have been sitting here next to me the whole time. Clearly, that's where I'm going. That is so a they're f- only Right. There are only certain areas that teams can be. So team productions are designated to certain areas. No team... No specific franchise could say, hey, we're going to go sit with, you know, C.J. Stroud gotcha, yeah. while this is happening. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a different area in which the teams have access to versus what the crews that are assigned to cover the draft for the league and what they have access to. And Lara Overton is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Lara, rookie minicamp begins later today. We had Josh Downs on just a little bit earlier. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, it'll be his first time on an NFL field. Um, I think he speaks to the media tomorrow. I, part of me would say no, just because you probably want to temper expectations with Anthony Richardson. But anything planned this weekend with the rookies? Like, would Richardson be mic'd up? Anything following, following him around? Or anything else I guess we should look forward to uh, from a content standpoint? Um, I wouldn't say strictly Richardson. There will be content on all of the rookies because this is a significant class. I think this is probably the the most anticipated draft that we covered from a with-the-next-pick perspective. And we saw the hunger that there was, the appetite that there was. Of course, for Anthony Richardson, but then Juju Brents and Josh Downs and all of these different guys. Certainly, the excitement is there for Anthony, but we will certainly be able to put out some content that encompasses all of the weekend's events and, you know, the guys getting in the building for the first time and doing all of that. So, we will be sure to get some content to you guys over the course of the weekend with Anthony Richardson, but all of those significant draft picks of this class. Okay, and then Oaks plus Derby, but no infield. How many infield derbies did you have in your in your career? Never. I mean, I passed through it, but no, because when I was finally old, I mean, I guess I never went in college because we'd be in the middle of the outdoor track season. That would be the ah, week. It, so it. this is always the weekend before conference championships. So I did not go until I was out of college and working and producing the morning show for WDRB. And we would do our morning show live for the two weeks ahead of the draft uh, out there. Or, or the draft, look at me. The two weeks ahead of the derby, we would go live. So I first worked the derby in that regard and then covered the derby did some red carpet interviews and would go i don't know been done maybe 10 um in terms of just enjoying but always being able to ride the coattails of my parents and sit with them which is really nice so the infield of the derby i mean it's it's not the infield of the indy 500 right i mean it's i, I realize in relation to sitting in the boxes it is but it's not like the, you don't see a horse right 
You really don't. I mean, they've installed bigger screens and things now um, to so that you might be able to to some degree. But you know, there's not a, there's not a EDM concert occurring in the infield of the Derby. But it's yeah. I mean, it's more of just kind of a, a party than anything else. But are people wearing like for some reason with the Indy 500, Lara? And I don't know when this came to be. But it became almost like, to me, it's, I'm not going to say it's offensive, but it's almost like a mockery of patriotism. Like you have these people that are like, I'm going to dress as much like, you know, what Americana as I can and like wear cut off jeans and tank tops. You don't see that at the Derby though, right? In the infield? Um, it's a little, no, I would say it's, it's not quite that, at least that I've experienced. It's like a, it's definitely more like laid back, but there's still a preppiness. That's what I figured. Okay. A little more Southern flavor. You know, maybe you catch a little seersucker maybe out there and some sundresses and whatnot. Yeah. I, okay. I can, I can go for that. That's cool. I just got a text here. Infield of the Derby is hell in all caps. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have you been to the infield here? Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, it might be heaven for, for some people. Shaq <laughs> this year in the infield at the 500. Lara, uh, great work. Matt Wilkening, Kevin Connors. I know I'm missing gobs and gobs of people over there that uh, did outstanding um, work on that. And I know it's a whole long process with many departments involved. So congrats on that, and I'll see you in a bit. Hey, and I know it is. It's a huge lift for Colts Productions. Matt Wilkening is the absolute like brilliance of it all in terms of editing it and pulling it together. And you know, one of the things that we've been, you know, you're flattered by is that since Dave Knickerbocker initiated with the next pick and started this five years ago, we've seen a lot of other teams do things similarly. I would say something that we do better than anybody else is how we expedite it, the quickness with which Matt is able to edit it and turn that around, and then also just the way that we feature the different personalities and the characters that we were able to showcase over this year two episodes, which was about 50 minutes of total content in its entirety. So two different episodes rather than three or four, but overall probably more access and actually more content than we've ever been able to do before. Lara, have a great weekend. Hey, see you tomorrow, or see you later today, right? Yes. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. See you in a bit. All right, let's head to the Payless Liquors Hotline right now. we got to get more to the Derby. Lay down some wagers. Caleb Keller from FanDuel TV joins us. Caleb, good morning. Good Oaks Day to you, if that makes sense at all. Thank you. Just got here. Everybody's dressed up and uh, got their colors on to enjoy this day. And, of course, uh, the biggest race coming up tomorrow. But Oaks has got a lot of personality to it over the years. And 
Got a group group of Phillies going later on, and we're looking forward to it. Okay, weather-wise, it looks like a pretty good Friday and Saturday. So uh, from a betting standpoint, do, does that mean uh, the fast pacers are people we need to keep an eye on? I think so, at least in terms of today, the favorite wet paint, uh, whether it rained or um, didn't, I think she was going to be in a pretty good spot. So I don't think that um, anybody was really expecting any rain. There was a chance that maybe tomorrow morning early there could be a little bit of rain, but uh, by the time race day comes around, I hope for a sunny, fast track. You know, the so Forte is, I believe, the odds-on favorite. Uh, there have been years, Caleb, with the Kentucky Derby, where there was one horse that just appears to be, you know, where people are like, this is it. This is the one that could be the next Secretariat, the next Seattle Slough, the next Cigar, whatever. I haven't heard as much discussion about that this year, but maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention. Is there, is Forte like the clear-cut, can't-miss, or is this a pretty open field? Uh, I don't think that you're going to see a horse to that level. And one thing about all the Triple Crown winners is that they were all coming to Louisville as clearly the absolute one to beat, and there was no question about it. So, you know, for Forte, um, he's got the class to be able to win this. Very similar to Nyquist, he was the two-year-old champ that has maintained the crown. But in terms of a Triple Crown opportunity for Forte, Todd Putcher never really wants to run in the second leg of uh, the Triple Crown of the Preakness. He kind of only goes there if he has to, like he did with both of his Derby winners that didn't really fire at all. So Putcher's not really a guy that even looks at the second jewel of the Triple Crown. He tries for the Derby, and then he excels in the third leg, the Belmont. So I'd have a tough time seeing it this year, at least from him. This is kind of going off on a tangent, but I remember this last year, and obviously it was a huge upset. But do you think, Caleb, we should get to a point where you almost kind of sign up for a, if you are doing the Derby and you win, you have to do the Preakness and the Belmont? Not not really, because, I mean, Eric Reed set a new precedent last year where you know he won with Rich Strike came out of nowhere, and then he opted out of the Preakness, which has been a long, long, long time since a Derby winner's not run. So you can't force it because in typical horse racing these days, I mean, these horses are more on a four- to five- to six-week schedule, whereas, you know, they've kept for 100-plus years the two-week spacing between the Derby and the Preakness, and that's after you just ran the race of your life. So uh, the two weeks was, was way more common a hundred years ago, but with horses racing more sparingly, it's a real big ask to come back in just two weeks. Caleb, when I ask this question, I'm granting you permission to then, when you get around horse racing people, to say, listen to what this total moron in Indianapolis (laughs) asked me today, okay? When the horses are brought to Louisville, are they transported strictly by ground because is there any detriment to being like in the cabin pressure of an airplane when they are transported? Do they ha- Are there special conditions of transport that are made that are thought to be the most advantageous for the physical condition of the horse? There are absolutely. I mean, the way that they fly horses these days, it's very amazing. You know, the first thing they do is they simulate a stall. So they're going to have somewhat of the same dimensions, maybe a little bit tighter, but this, they're going to have hay around, they're going to have soft bedding, and they're also going to have companions. You know, horses are companion animals, so rarely would they ever just fly a horse by themselves. So, you know, you put these horses in there, they've been trained well, uh, they've been broken early in their career, and when you put them onto, you know, what is a simulated stall with some friends next door that they can kind of uh, rub their noses against, it's a pretty seamless move. Uh, some horses also do travel in by van. You know, there's a handful of horses that came over from Lexington, which is only about an hour 
trip down 64 and they can come over by van. But if you think about it, I mean, going back to let's say like the 1930s with Seabiscuit, I mean, these horses were traveling on train to get, you know, from New York to California. So uh, the shipping that they do is pretty amazing. And, and for the most part, I rarely hear of any hiccup for a horse making travel on a plane. Okay, my other question is, like in auto racing, which is what people in Indianapolis obviously can relate to when it comes to big races, there are different tracks change in the weather condition. Now, that doesn't affect, you know, some drivers like to run, if it's a road and street course, they say they like rain. I don't believe that anybody does, but but things do change. Is there a horse in this particular field of the Kentucky Derby that is more track condition sensitive than others or is the, which horse is the safest most reliable prediction regardless of what weather is going to be and which one is looking closest at the forecast well i think that confidence game is a horse that's getting some buzz and a confidence game's coming in off the longest layoff in my mind the only chance that he would have had to win this race is if it was raining uh you know his sire was a horse that loved the mud and uh, his last race you know he just Horses can, in my mind, a horse can get up to five lengths better on the slop, and they can also very easily get five lengths worse on the slop. So I don't really compare apples to oranges. I look at fast track racing and and wet track racing as as separate entities. And one thing's for sure, when you go to a fast to a wet track, rarely do you give the same performance. You're either going to get a little bit better or a lot better or a little bit worse and a lot worse. So it's, it's very night and day in my mind. So confidence game is a horse that people are buzzing about, but in my mind, with the rain not coming, I got a tough time seeing it. I thought that he was probably rain-dependent. And then, you know, you look at Forte. He doesn't have a lot of experience uh, over the wet ground. And I think that he would prefer the fast track for the favorite. And that looks like it's what he's going to get. Okay, Caleb Keller here. FanDuel TV joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at CalebFDTV. The info speaks for itself. I try to predict which horse will run in a circle the fastest simple effective i love that caleb um okay um i'm gonna give you ten dollars uh how are you spending that ten dollars from a betting standpoint on the derby and then i will ask you how you would spend one hundred dollars from a betting standpoint on the derby so let's start with the ten dollar portion okay let's go five dollars to win in place on angel of empire he's the one that i feel the best about to run his race He's a horse that I saw in early January, and he, I just think that he has the most stamina in the field, and he's got a really nice move around the turn. He's trained by the biggest rising star in all of horse racing, Brad Cox. Brad Cox, his home base is right here at Churchill, and he's got the perfect jockey in Flavian Pratt. Flavian, when he, he, he's great at reading the pace. He reminds me of one of those great early 1990s jockeys, your Gary Stevens and DeSormos of the world that really have that internal clock, and they, they don't have any panic. And Horses can, can sense nerves when a jockey gets on top of them. And when Flavian gets aboard, he's very, very calm. And Angel of Empire's been the most calm horse all week. Forte's showing great body language. He's, he's showing so much energy. But that could backfire a little bit with 100,000 people when he's got this nervous energy that he's waiting to get to the gate. You know, the Japanese horse has been good, but he's, a, he's very curious. He looks around at a lot of things. Whereas Angel of Empire just comes out there so focused, so calm, doing anything they handle their needs. So, $5 to win in place for the $10 bet. I feel like it's going to be my best bet. Okay, and then how about the $100 pool? Okay, so for the $100 pool, let's keep Angel of Empire in first and second, and let's take some more money to wheel the trifecta. And I think that some horses to get into that trifecta, I think the King's Barns is underrated. 
He is very lightly raced, but he's got a sneaky, relaxing mode. He's got the speed to make the lead, but I think in this race, he's going to very calmly sit back and be in a striking position, and he just waits on his cues. And this is another horse that carries zero stress. You know, when you've got 140,000 people, when you've got a talented horse that runs calmly or has no stress, that's big key. So I'm going to put Kings Barnes in this trifecta wheel. I'm also going to put Skinner. Skinner's the guy Skinner, that looks yeah. like he Someone can really run. Someone told me about Skinner. He can run all day. Um, those are a couple long shots. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get the favorites in there as well. Right, Forte. It's tough for Forte when you're a two-year-old champion because you're, you're maintaining the crowd. A, a lot of these other horses are ascending up the ladder, whereas he's been the king of the jungle since going back to last October. And then he had it through November. And then he was the two-year-old champion. And then he came out this year and he won twice again. So, you know, he's maintained that crown beautifully. But this is the toughest field that he's faced. So, you know, I, I can still see Forte running a big race, but maybe not winning. But the key here for this trifecta, again, Angel of Empire in first and second. And I want to get Skinner, the nine horse, in there. And uh, Kings Barnes as well. I think those two have got a great chance of hitting this trifecta. Okay, Caleb, here's the thing. And, and I, I hope I don't. I shouldn't have said this to you off the top because you might have gotten a little nervous. What you're dealing with here is three guys that make up the uh, 17th rated mid-market morning radio show in the United States. <laughs> I don't even know so, for that, huh? Yes. So as a result nice. of that, uh, we've got to ask about Hit Show. Uh, that, that I don't know if that's named for us or not, but does Hit Show have any chance? I think he does because he's... you got to be careful when you at- say the name, by the way, on radio, but Hit Show. <laughs> he, he also goes after the same trainer as Angel of Empire for Brad Cox. I... Anything's possible with Brad. I think Brad Cox is going to be, you know, the new rising star. Not rising star. He's going to be the star of American dirt racing over the next 10 years. And the thing about Hit Show, in five of his races, all five starts, he's been the favorite. And now in this race, he's going to be a big long shot. And then if you look at his last race, he broke from the all the way outside 13 out of 13 and had a bad trip. This race, he breaks from the one, which a lot of people think that's a bad post. I don't really, because he's going to save the ground. He won't be wide. He's not going to bid for the early lead. And his mom got better with time, actress. And his dad is my favorite sire, Candy Ride. So I love the pedigree. I love the fact that he's been the favorite all five times, and now he's going to be a big old price. And I also really like the fact that he was so, so wide last time, and this time he should save the most ground in the field. Okay, then lastly, the one that I'm, I'm telling you right now, uh, Caleb, and you know who am I to tell you here? Uh, reincarnate. I'm telling you, 50th anniversary of Secretariat. Uh, the, you see the headlines now. It's a reincarnation of Secretariat's dominance. 50-1, to 1, comes from the outside, gets to the rail, wins the race. Am I out of my mind? Now, I will say this about Secretariat with this 50th anniversary. Uh, we just picked up the commemorative Woodford Reserve bottle, which is one of my favorite commemorative bottles. It's just beautiful with him in the winter circle. I think they got a 50th anniversary stamp my family's looking to get, but we're, we're collecting all the Secretariat swag here for the 50th. The one thing I will say about Reincarnate, and I, I don't think I can buy him on the win. And I do think, though, that they're going to press out and maybe try to find the lead. He, he's got a he's got a constant rhythm, but he doesn't necessarily have a big burst. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna come along with a burst late or a big burst sometimes early. So, in talking to the jockey and watching his last workout where they worked him pretty fast, I get the sense he's gonna make a big impact on this race. I do see him winging out there, maybe even being the horse that's leading the race. Now that would be a brave trip to try to go the whole way. I think that best case scenario might be. I don't want to talk to you have a fifty to one shot. But uh, it might be, you know, second, third, or fourth might be his best. But one thing I will say, if you are going to bet him at 50-1, to 1, 
your number's going to get called early because I think from what I've seen in the workout and what I've heard from the jockey, they're going to press out of the gate and they might even lead this thing into the first turn. I'm telling you. Gosh, I am Shocked so... Shock the world, baby. I am so confident after listening to Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, thank you for that. Again, Caleb Keller. Uh, that is at Caleb FDTV on Twitter. Uh, and, and just one final time, you said wet paint. That's where we're going for the Oaks? Okay, so today I do like I do like wet paint okay. and South Lawn. Uh, but let me give you a long shot today in the Oaks, too, with those horses. And that's going to be the Alice look from the two posts. Uh, this is a horse that was very, very wide last time. A sneaky, bad trip. She finished third. It didn't look that great, but t- two things are about her. Number one, the Alice look needs to be in contention early. And she got the two posts with an aggressive jockey. Asking her to win the race might be a little bit too much. The favorites look great. Wet paint and Southline, I think they're both going to run their race. But I'm going to mix in the two, the Alice look there to try to uh, boost up this trifecta a little bit today. That's like a bad trip, right? Hey, I'm telling you, when you get the bad trips, you get the good prices next to you. get a bad result, but you have better prices than odds going into the next race. All right. Good trip, hopefully. I thought the Pacers bet was easy and Max was set for life. Boy, now all of a sudden, Max and Rosie are both set for life here after these bets. Caleb, thank you, man. Enjoy the great weather. Have a blast this weekend. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.